All right. This is your boy, Luke Burke, the Candidly Speaking Podcast on Get After It Friday. Today, we're going to be talking about what are you going to do after the pandemic when you're trying to find work, or maybe you're just trying to find a different job. I'm going to talk about what you can do to land that next interview. We're going to talk about the three phases of the interview process. And then I'm going to hand you like a secret. It's not really a secret, but it's kind of the obvious when you're interviewing. It's real obvious. Trust me. So I'm going to let y'all enjoy this music for a few seconds. And then we're going to get right to it. Let's go. So we talked a little bit in that intro about the three phase interview process, right? So this is not a secret. This is nothing new. You've all done this, seen this, heard this. Um, But what I'm going to talk about is the preparation phase. We're going to talk about what to do during that interview. Um, A lot of people get stuck in that area. Like, how do I respond in an interview? Um, We're going to talk about the post interview as well. And then I'm going to let you guys in on a few things. Hopefully, it'll give you some confidence as you're going through this process. I called them secrets in the beginning, but they're not really secrets, right? They're just things that I have learned over the years that has helped me in interview processes. And you don't always get the interview. I guess that really should be the first tip. You don't always get the interview. You You can do a great job. And I think I touch on this a little bit, but... You can do a great job on an interview and still not land the interview. But that's not a you thing. Right. That's a that's a that's a situational thing. You know, I always use analogies for sports. Right. You can you can take a player like Kawhi Leonard. You know, everyone knows Kawhi Leonard is a great player, both sides of the ball, regardless of regardless of what people think about how he and Paul George performed last year. They're both good players. And um but if you if you're if you have Kawhi Leonard, right? Or if you have a LeBron James, there are certain players that you're not gonna match them up with. It's not because they're not great players, but because they don't it it won't it doesn't match. And that's kind of what you're doing in this whole interview thing. You're trying to find a good match. Right. So we're going to go through all of those things. So I'm going to first start with the preparation process. Okay. so the first thing you really need to do, I think from what I hear, a lot of feedback, you know, a lot of people don't do this, but you really have to assess information about the company. You know, so it's similar to dating, (laughs) honestly. So when you are ready to date someone or you see someone that you're attracted to, it's a little different nowadays because we have social media and you can just kind of as they say, slide in the DM and, and, uh, you know, ask a few questions and ask what's going on. And you just look on social media, everyone is posting about how single they are. So it's a little more simple to figure these things out these days. Um, but if you put your mind in it as in a a first date, right, you're asking, uh, you're asking someone out, you're sending your interview. So you're asking the company, Hey, or you're telling the company, hey, I'm interested in you. Are you interested in me? That's what you're doing. This is kind of like a first date. You're trying to get that first date. Right. So that's how you got to kind of put it in your mind. Like, okay, I'm interested in them. Are they interested in me? So what can I do to find out if they are really interesting? And what can I do to show them that I meet the standard and that I am interesting as well. And we could potentially be a good match. Right. So think about it like that. So you got to go old school on them. Right. So take it back to the 80s, 90s. When you dated, you didn't always you didn't have social media, um, at least not the complete 90s. Social media started in the 90s. There were some sites like, you know, MySpace and um, a few other sites that, that came. I think that was in the 90s or early 2000s. Um, but you when you when when you had a date you kind of asked around you know if you grew up in a small town you may say your family may say oh i know that person okay they're they're a good family right that's that's kind of what you what you get 
right? Or you ask some of your friends. Be careful about the friends part, though. <laughs> you know, you learned as you got older, you have to be careful about the friends part. But it's the same thing with a company, though. You kind of ask around. You kind of ask people, hey, what do you know about this company? You find out who works at this company. And now with social media, sometimes you can just look at your friends list. Some people post who they work for. One of these times you might have seen someone and say, hey, oh, yeah, that person worked for that company. Ask that person about the company. Say, hey, what do you think about the company? They say, oh, it's a great company. Oh, you know, this and this and that. Okay, all right. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? So you get where I'm going at here? You know, you kind of got to ask around. Even with all the social media, you still have to use social media. Use that power of social media or use the power of your inner network. You'd be amazed at the backgrounds of some people. That's one thing I've learned. And that's one thing. That's the one reason why I love to tell stories, because you'll be amazed at the background of some people. If you just talk to them, you just talk to them, just talk to people. You'd be amazed. You know. Oh, OK, I won't go there. You'll be amazed at how much <laughs> you can learn from talking to people. OK. So. The other point I want to make about that is. Usually when you're dating to keep the dating analogy. The most successful dates are or the most successful yeah, I'll say the most successful dates are the ones that you probably do the most research to kind of understand the lay of the land, to understand who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with. Sometimes that makes it worse, though. But in this job interview case, that's not it. <laughs> but the more you know, the better prepared you are to do that date. So if you're researching a person and you're dating them and you find out, OK, he, she likes this. Okay, well, do that. You're trying to impress him. This person knows this thing. Oh, well, I know a little bit about that. That's something I can talk about. So you kind of see where I'm going here. You kind of, you're doing your research. You have to, you have to know as much as you can about this company. You have to know what everything that you can about this company. Because the more you know, the better you will be when you actually do land that interview. Okay. So before you interview, you got to understand the land. So read about the company to see if it's a good match. We talked about that. See if it's a good match. How do you know it's a good match? Well, if you read on a company, if they a lot of companies now I've seen have put on they'll put on their website, you know, very family friendly, this, this and that. That's why it's important to ask around because companies will put that on their website and then you'll ask the person sitting next to them or the person that you know that worked at that company or currently works at that company they say no they're not family friendly at all they don't like for you to take vacation they don't like for you to take time off they really don't like that that's why it's important to ask around because just like you're trying to show your best self these companies are trying to show their best their best selves so it's important for you to do your research and figure out okay is that best self the real self of that company. Same with dating. Is that best self of that person the real person that I'm sitting across the table from? You're trying to figure all this out. You're trying to lay the land. You're trying to you're trying to research. You're trying to figure this all out. Be technically proficient. When you land an interview, dive more into the specific job for what you're going to be doing. Be be a little more prepared for what the job write up talks about you can be generally prepared but you know kind of get a little more familiarization because what i've found over the years is that a lot of these job descriptions they're close to what you're doing but they're not always accurate they're like the super hero write-up like if this were the perfect position or the perfect candidate this is what this position would look like and this is what the candidate will look like you got to kind of look past that a little bit you have to you have to look at the job and understand based on your experience what you would likely be doing okay now some jobs you will be doing exactly what they say because it's kind of hard not to but you just have to be careful with um with when you go to these interviews but you want to be technically proficient very proficient in whatever the job is they're hiring you for of course but if there's something specific on that on that um job announcement you have to kind of look and say, OK, where can I shine? Where can I shine on this job announcement? And you have to mash that up and say, OK, I can shine here. OK, make note of that. Say, OK, let me let me put a little more emphasis on this when they ask about me. You understand that? 
So you got to be technically proficient in that in that role. And especially if it's something that you haven't done before. If it's something you haven't done before, you probably have to do a little more research. But there's a reason that if you're interviewing for this job, there's a reason if you've never done it before. I can tell you. I can tell you that. Next, I will say, you know, in this pre-interview process, you know, you got to know yourself, right? So you sit in the interview and they're like, okay, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. People draw blanks. You've been knowing yourself for 30 years and somebody asks you about yourself, you draw a blank. I learned this in the army, actually, when uh, I would go to, went to soldier of the month board, um, you know, promotion boards. (laughs) one of the things you had to be able to do is talk about yourself. That's one of those things that, you know, it's kind of a thing that the army tried to teach you to sell yourself. They do that in the private sector as well. You got to be able to sell yourself. So if you're about to go into an interview and you're prepping for an interview, please make sure you know yourself. I'm not talking about some kind of deep know who I am in this world type of thing. I'm talking about know your background, right? Like, okay, I was born here went to school here, graduated, did this. After that, I started here. I want to do this because I want to work at your company because those type of things. That's the kind of things I'm talking about, but know yourself, right? So you got to know your bio, okay? You got to continue to research. There it is again, continue to research, learn everything about the company that you can and allow it to help shape your next couple of steps. And that next step is you have to know why you want to work there. You have to feel it and believe it, because if it's not authentic, it's going to show through the interview. If you're not, especially if you're not a good interviewer, it's going to really show because they may say, hey, well, why do you want to work here? And if you draw a blank, it's like, OK, this guy had a, a scripted answer and he wasn't really ready, ready. Maybe he doesn't want to work here. So you got to be conscious of those type of things. A lot of times you'll get some of the same interviews. You have to be prepared to answer some questions. These are some common questions I've heard on an interview. As simple and as basic as they sound, you have to also remember that some of these people that are sitting in these interviews, they don't know what they're doing sometimes. It's not always that HR professional sitting there with you. Sometimes these interviewers are not great interviewers. But they're in a position to 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 have control of the meeting. But that doesn't mean they're always good interviewers. Okay, and actually, this this might drift off a little too far, but maybe not. When I was younger, you know, to go back to this whole dating analogy, when I was younger, my dad used to tell me, you know, because I you know I wasn't as confident. I wasn't a very confident kid. My dad used to tell me, he's like, listen. A woman is a woman is a woman, right? And his point was, no matter if the woman is a doctor, sanitation worker, janitor, a lawyer, his point to me was, hey, they they are still women, right? They are still women. Their jobs do not take away from who they are. And what they are in their women. And so what he was trying to convey to me was don't be afraid when you're older, basically, because I was a lot younger then. Don't be afraid to approach a woman because of the job that she does. And that's kind of what that's kind of what I am trying to convey to you about the interviewers. They're not perfect because they're the interviewers. Don't be intimidated because they're the interviewers or you're interviewing with the director of sales or you're interviewing with the director of IT operations. Don't let that intimidate you because beyond IT operations is a person. They're just a person. Anytime I've sat in a room with a congressman, a director, I always kept that in the back of my mind. They are just people. And when they come and talk to you or when you talk to them, you'll realize it quickly. Hey, they're just people, man. 
They're people with very high, important positions, but they are people. So when you're sitting in these interviews and you're looking across the table, remember, these are just people. These people may hold the keys to your next interview or your next job, but they're just people. Keep that in mind. Let that soak in for your confidence. Okay. So be prepared to answer some of these questions. They're silly, but not silly, but you know, my point is you'll get simple questions like this from some of the higher ranking people that you've, that you'll, that you'll find. Now I have one director who was really detailed about his interview, but I could tell he kind of didn't want to be there. He was like, all right, I got to do this just because this is our process. I'm not really interested. Turned out to be one of the coolest dudes I've, I've ever met as far as that goes. Um, so they'll ask you things like, what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Why do you want to work here? What do you think makes you a good fit? How soon can you start? How do you handle conflict? That's a big one. I've heard that on maybe almost every interview that I've been on is how do you handle conflict with a coworker? How do you handle it? Now, of course, most of us are not going to go in there and say, well, if my coworker is giving me problems, I'll just punch him in the face. <laughs> most of us are not going to do that. Right. Hopefully nobody's going to do that. Right. Hopefully nobody's going to do that. But have something in your mind where you remember, hey, I had to I had to deal with this difficult coworker. And you can be honest about how you dealt with it. But that's one to really keep in mind. And the other one that I've heard a lot on interviews is, you know, tell us a time. Tell us about a time where you solved a problem. OK, tell us about a time you solved the problem. OK, and it doesn't have to be a complicated problem. It could be as easy as we were getting errors on a, on a system and I realized that somebody had the wrong, the comma in the wrong place. And I figured it out because I spent time because I was, I'm a detailed oriented person and I looked at the code one more time and I realized the mistake and I fixed it. And by fixing it, saved countless hours from people working overnight over the weekend to fix the system. Bam, there you go. Fix one little problem. You put one little comma in there. You fix the whole thing. Boom. That's it. All right. You solved the problem. So be prepared to answer those kind of questions. So uh, to round out this um, be prepared portion or get prepared portion, um, don't over prepare. OK, you can Google common questions and you can review, but be careful not to construct your answers. That is dangerous because sometimes the way, you know, at least the way my brain works. Sometimes if I over prepare and I have these things in my mind, I'm like, okay, they're going to, they're going to ask me this, 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 and this. Okay. I'm good. All right. And then the moment they ask me, even if they ask me a similar question and they ask me a different way, something in my brain just snaps like, Oh wait, that's, that's not right. You know? And I always got a cartoon reference too. There's an episode of SpongeBob where he was over prepared. He was preparing to be like this, this, this quintessential, perfect, um, employee, right? I think, I think if I remember right, I think Mr. Krabs was watching some kind of sales thing and he wanted SpongeBob to be the sales guy or something. I can't remember exactly the storyline, but so SpongeBob, he over prepares, over prepares and he's perfect. And once he comes through his training, he's perfect in his execution, perfect in the execution. And then somebody comes to him and they ask him what his name was. I might be mixing episodes. <laughs> I don't know. But it was great. The thought in my mind is great. He does all this preparation and is basically his brain is emptying everything else out so that he can retain this other, this new information, right? His little little SpongeBob's in his brain is just emptying everything out. They're emptying everything out, right? And then somebody says, What is your name? Oh, you know what it was? He was like a waiter. He was trying to, uh, Mr. Krabs was trying to do like a fine dining restaurant and he wanted spongebob to become like this 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 great fine dining uh server and spongebob you know he couldn't remember anything and then one of the he was doing so great one of the ladies was like or the lady or whoever was like what is your name and he just stood there with a blank look on his face and could not remember his name <laughs> because he had over prepared for everything else and when she asked him what his name was he just drew a blank he didn't know his name. 
Now there is another episode where SpongeBob had to become like this nice, friendly guy, and I think uh, I think I might have merged those episodes a little bit. But you get the point, right? Don't if you over prepare, and then somebody asks you a question, and you're just standing there. Yeah, right, I I gotta move on. And that's another point too. During the interview, I probably I don't I don't think I hit on this point, but during the interview, if you ask to move on from a question, that's okay. It is okay. Say, hey, can we can we come back to that question? I need to put a little more thought into that. If we can come back to that, I think that's okay. I've done that. Okay, it's it's okay to do that kind of thing. Um, so it is dangerous to over prepare. Um, some things you can do is you can have somebody ask you interview questions, but keep them generic. You're just at this point, you're just trying to get comfortable with the process. You're not trying to perfectly execute the process. You're just trying to get comfortable. People are usually uncomfortable in interviews because people are uncomfortable being questioned. Right. You look you look at anybody today. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing this week? What do you why are you questioning me? Why are you on my back? <laughs> you know, that's that's how people are. So people do not like to be be questioned. People don't like to be grilled. So this is just to kind of get you comfortable with the process. And like I said, none of the stuff I'm saying is perfect and it may not even work for everyone. But I'm just telling you some of the things that have worked um, for me. OK, just some things that's worked for me. Um, But it, it, one last point I'll make about that, if it's a career change and you don't know the questions to prepare for. Again, you go ask around to ask people, OK, what kind of questions do they usually ask on these things? And nobody's going to give you the same answers, but you can at least kind of gather yourself and say, OK, well, I'll just try to be ready for this. And that's all you can do. All right. So the next phase, um, phase two is we're during the interview. So I'm going to give you some tips about what to do while you're in the interview. OK, so the first thing I would say is make sure you bring something to write on. Even if you have a great memory, bring a notepad anyway. Sometimes the appearance of preparation is good. But if you go in there, you just got on your suit. I got to tell you a story about the suit, too. Um, if you got on your suit, got on your, you know, or your, um, um, you know, your, your business casual outfit or business outfit. Um, and you come in there with no notes. They're going to be like, oh, man, that to me. That almost reflects an arrogant sign. And nobody's ever told me that. But just to me, it almost says, oh, well, you just think you got this, don't you? You come in here, you're not even prepared. Come in there with a folder. You know, everybody access resumes online today. But anytime I go to an interview, I still bring a copy of my resume. Why do I do that? Because I can't assume that the people on the other side of the room did their due diligence and printed my resume. I've been in interviews. In fact, the last interview I sat in person to person, I did that. I took my resume and I said, here, here you go. Because they were like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have it. Oh, here you go. No problem. You don't have a copy of my resume. That's why you still bring your resume. A lot of people, a lot of younger people, they're probably like, why do I need to bring a resume? That's why you bring a resume. Because when you're going through the interview and you can't assume that they're going to have a copy, you just can't. OK, bring something to write with, you know, and write some notes. You don't have to ever refer to these notes. If you got a great memory, you never have to refer to these notes. But the appearance that you're engaged into that company. It's going it's going back to how you're approaching. Right. If you're on a, if you're on a date, you're not going to look down at your food all night. <laughs> you're going to look at the date because you want to show them that you're engaged. You're not going to go in an interview and not have notes because you want to show them, hey, I'm taking notes because I'm serious about this. Whether you refer to these notes or not, or whether you need these notes or not, are, is an irrelevant thing. Trust me, it is. It's the appearance thereof. I said I was going to tell you guys the interview story. I'll, I'll be quick. I did an interview once when I was getting out of the military. I asked the guy. Now, I wasn't very experienced. Everybody told me, hey, when you do your interview, you need to make sure that you wear a suit. I was like, wear a suit, man. That means I have to go buy a suit because the last how many ever years I've been wearing the green suit <laughs> and I have to have a suit. So I called the guy, I said, hey, you know, I called the guy, in a, in a, um, the guy setting up the interview. I was like, hey, man, um, do I need to wear a suit? He was like, oh, no, it's, it's pretty casual, pretty casual. You know, just wear a tie. Oh, OK. All right. I just wear a tie. I said, it's great because I have a tie. 
That's great. I have a dress shirt. Probably use my army one. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Get to the interview. Interview goes well. Like, all right, I should get this. Had a few more interviews lined up. Get out in the military. You know, you line up as many interviews as you can. Didn't wear a suit. Of course, guess what? Didn't get the job offer. The other two, I the other two I did wear a suit. I got the job offer. In both. In both. And I said, well, what's 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 missing here? It wasn't that my interview didn't go well. They probably say he doesn't take this job serious because he doesn't even wear a suit. And we may have to be in suits some days. And you you don't even find it important enough to wear a suit here? I'm not saying that's what they were saying. I never reached back. I broke one of my own rules that I'm writing. I never reached back to find out. But back then, I didn't know this. this I just started this process. But since then, I probably had about 10 or 15 interviews. And I've learned I've learned quite a few things. Um, so one another tip that you can do is, you know, with your notepad, write each person's name, maybe draw a line, maybe draw the table and draw a line to the person and write their name so that you can kind of look down a little bit and then you can refer to their names. If you forget these little things that you can do to help you, don't be afraid to refer to your notes when you're speaking. You might want to say, um, excuse me for a second. I, I do have a comment about that. Let me check my notes. I've done that before. And most people are OK with that because they're taking you serious and you're taking them serious. And they know. Right. Like I said, going back to their people, they know that you aren't going to remember every single thing. And that's again, that's that preparation. man. if they see that preparation, that's a plus up. You have to be confident. Right. And that's where your interview prep is going to help you tremendously. Because that's going to help you feel confident before going in there, going into that interview. If you're confident going into the interview, you will do better at the interview. OK, be ready to speak about um, your accomplishments. And um, like I said before, how you improve something in the past. Um, make sure you make eye contact. If there's a panel, make sure you're swivel. Put your head on a swivel and talking to everyone. Or if there's somebody that you're talking to specifically, Keep your eyes focused on them, but engage everyone, engage everyone. OK, you can focus on one person for the most part, but make sure you're scanning that that table. One of the interviews I did, actually, I forgot about this interview and it wasn't that long ago. It was like 10 people in the interview. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy because we were sitting at like a this large executive desk. <laughs> And it's like 10 people. But it was crazy because they gave me the interview questions so that I could have them as a reference. But I already had that in my, you know, in my notes. But they gave it to me on a nice little laminated piece of paper. And I was like, OK, this is cool. I can do this. And this was the first. This is the only interview I've been in, though. I don't think this is normal. This is the only interview that I've been in where prior to the interview, they actually provided me with the questions they were planning to ask me. Thought that was interesting. I thought that was unique. But even then, I didn't over rehearse because in my mind, I said, OK, they could they could flip this on me. They could start asking me other questions that I'm not prepared for. So I didn't over prepare with those questions. I just said, OK, you know what? I'll keep this in mind, but I'm going to continue my process. Right? I'm going to continue my process I'll, and then I'll get to their process. But I'm going to continue my process. Then I'll get to theirs and help. Um, so during during the interview you also want to have questions prepared never leave an interview without asking a question have two or three questions prepared and then while you're taking notes write a few questions about what they're saying because the fact if you leave it for <laughs> let me tell you this somebody did explain this to me one time and i don't remember who it was or i talked to somebody about i don't remember where i got this from but i think it's true if you leave an interview without asking questions that tells the people that interviewed you that you think they did a perfect job of explaining the job and answering your questions. And they know as people going back to that again, as people, they know that they did not do a perfect job. They know that they know they didn't do a perfect job. So by you not asking questions means that either you weren't paying attention or you don't care enough because they know they didn't do a perfect job. They know you should have some kind of questions. Okay. So have some pre-prepared and um, then I don't even know if you can say that pre-prepared. I, <laughs> I don't know. Have some prepared and then take some during the, the interview. Um, 
you know, one of the best questions I've always asked, I learned this somewhere, I don't know where. Um, one of the best questions I've always asked is, you know, what current issues are you current ha- currently having? Like, why is there a need? Why is there a need for this role? Did somebody leave? Um, do you, are you guys expanding? Um, do you guys need something in a certain expertise or is there a certain problem that you see on my resume that match? See, then you kind of open up the conversation because if there is something they say, hey, we specifically need this, you can say, oh, I can speak to that. Guess what that does? That gives you more confidence and you can speak more confidently while you're in this interview. Um, you know, so kind of kind of make that, you know, you can kind of take some leadership in that interview, take some ownership in that interview. And they really like that. Um, but if they present something to you, don't force yourself on the issue it's perfectly fine to say oh okay wow that is an interesting problem i'd be interested in trying to help figure it out if you don't know the answer don't fake the answer because if you fake the answer and they've already tried that and it didn't work you're gonna make yourself look bad but um you should you should ask you should ask yourself you should ask them uh at least three questions um you know more information and here's some examples more information about the job you don't understand clarify something in the mission if need be what is the culture of the company now this is one of those things that i've asked quite a bit you know whether you know depending on where i am you know being a being a contractor um you know uh servicing you know different agencies one of my questions is always, well, what is the contractor agency relationship? You know, that's just an example, right? So I want, do you have a good relationship? Do you have a bad relationship? And I've had people be quite honest and say, Hey, you know, it's not the greatest relationship, but they know we get the job done. Or they'll say, yeah, our relationship is great. When you get there, you might find out different. So you also have to keep that in mind. Again, they're trying to sell to you just as much as you're trying to sell to them because you know what? They want you to take that job because without you being there, they can't bill for that position and they want to bill for that position because guess what? It's the bottom line is they want to make money and they can't make money if they're not putting people in those positions. And sometimes the sooner, the better. Keep that in mind. Sometimes the sooner, the better. Okay. Um. You know, what are the what are the growth opportunities? You know, you want to know, you know, they, most companies don't want you to come there and say you don't want to grow. They want you to want to grow. OK, what technology is being used? Say, oh, OK, I'm familiar with those. OK, I'd have to learn those. So after the interview, you can go say, OK, I got to go look up these technologies again. Notepad. Notepad. Write that down. I need to go learn this technology. If I don't know it, I need to go familiarize myself with it. OK. Another question I like to ask. This is one of my favorites, actually, because I love to hear the responses because I want to now see if their responses are going to be genuine and authentic or if they've actually ever put any thought into it. What interested you about my resume? Why me? Why are you picking me? Why are you interested in me? Now, some people might say that's a bad question to ask because now you're putting them in a spot to question their decision. No, I don't see it that way. The way I see it is an opportunity for them to highlight to me why they were interested in bringing me in. Therefore, that's their chance to kind of boost my head up, If especially at that point, if they want to hire me. That's their chance to say, well, we like you because of this. Okay, I, I think I've asked that question almost on every interview um, not everyone I'll say about mo- about 75% because again early on in the process I didn't learn these things I kind of learned these things as I went along so another message that I want to give you guys is to this is more targeted to the young moms I've talked to some moms in this industry and I've heard some women talk about this and I think it's true actually and one of the things that always used to make women concern is they wouldn't put their car seats in their cars if they had kids. In fact, let me let me say that better. If they had a kid, say they dropped a kid off the daycare that morning, 
they would hide the car seat, maybe in the trunk or something, before going to that interview. Because at some at some time, some points, um, women were heavily scrutinized if they had a if they had a kid, right? Because if you have a kid, what does that mean to the company? I'm not saying this is the case now, but this is just something that I kind of did want to point out. But if you have a kid, what does that mean for the company? Okay, if your kid gets sick, you can't come into work. Okay, now they never put the standard on the dads. They never put the standard on the dads, even though the dads take off too for their kids. But they never put the standard on that. It was this thing about women and kids with car seats. So what I want to say to that is I think that's changed a little bit. Um, Some of the women out there my age may have experienced this or may have heard this before. I think that's changed a little bit. I don't think you have to cover that up and hide that anymore because companies now are a little more family friendly. And even now during this pandemic, they're realizing, hey, you know what? These people don't have to be in the office like every single day to get any work done. I've heard some stories where people's work production was increasing. You know why? Because you know what? They're home. They're comfortable. They get on, do their work. And then when everybody goes to sleep, maybe they'll tackle some more work. When they're up, they'll tackle some more work. Okay. Somehow, you know, this notion of this whole eight hour day that came from the Ford company way back when that that's the only way to perform. And it's not. But not to get too sidetracked, I just want to kind of encourage women, if you have a young baby, you know, I don't think you have to be too afraid of that anymore. Um, I'd really lean on someone who recently interviewed with a kid and, uh, you know, a female who maybe had a kid who maybe had that thought in mind. I'd really lean on someone like that for a true answer. But I don't know if they I don't know if they look at that anymore. So um, that's just something I wanted to address because that was a real thing before. And how real it is now, I don't know. But it has been real. All right. So here are the things that you don't do during the interview. Don't talk bad about your current company. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't talk bad about your current company, your manager or the situation. Speak highly of them as much as possible or say nothing at all. Many of us have a problem with that. We have a problem with saying nothing at all. Stop it. Say nothing. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. You know what they taught you in first grade (laughs) or kindergarten, hopefully at home, too. If You don't have nothing nice to say. Don't say it at all. My second point, reiterate, don't talk bad about your current company, even if they do, especially if they're competitors. You may be asked, why are you looking for a new opportunity? Don't say, because I hate my current boss. (laughs) My boss gets on my nerves. Always got me doing stuff that I don't want to do. Don't say that. Do not bash your current company. Last point on that is the reason why you don't bash your current company. They may have friends. They may be friends with somebody over there. They may know your boss. They may be inclined to investigate more the more you complain. It's true. Why is this guy over here complaining like this? It's kind of like that thing, right? Where, okay, if this person is, if, if your friends are talking junk about your other friends behind their back, then guess what? They're likely talking junk about you behind your back. Therefore, if you're a company and you're interviewing someone and they're talking junk about their current employer, that means that if you hired them and they look for another job, they're going to talk bad about them. See how that works? Don't do it. All right. (laughs) Last part. And we're going to close this thing out. The last part is... Of course, you're going to be in the post interview and beyond. So the first thing I'll say about that is immediately after your interview, and I'll tell you a story about this too. Immediately after your interview, send a thank you card. It's kind of hard to do nowadays. But what my last interview, this is what, I, well, not my last interview. One of my last, well, one of my most recent interviews. <laughs> um. One of the things that I did, and let me make a point about that too. 
you know, you should always try to interview. You don't have to be looking for a job to interview. Just get yourself comfortable. Just get yourself comfortable sitting in that chair and answering questions. No pressure. Just sitting in a question, sitting in the chairs, answering questions. That's a good practice. That's a good practice. It's, it's, it's good for you. Now, they could offer you the job. Now, it could make you think about taking a job. But your goal is to get practice because you could be perfectly comfortable where you are. OK, preferably if you're going to if you're going to um, if you're going to do something like that, maybe maybe do a job that, you know, you're less likely to take. Right. So maybe it's a job with an hour commute and you only commute 10 minutes today, you know, because you don't want to if you're really not looking to leave, you don't want to leave prematurely because you, you don't want to mess up your your why and your reason for where you are. OK, so get out there and interview a little more. So send a thank you card. Send a thank you card. Um, what I did recently um, with that last interview, as I was saying, was the pandemic had happened and I couldn't send a thank you card. So what I did was I had some thank you cards already. I just wrote the handwritten note. Actually, I think I, I wrote the original note and then I had my wife just put her pretty handwriting on it because my handwriting was not going to do any justice, especially the way that I was doing this. <laughs> so I had my wife rewrite it on a thank you card. I took a picture of the thank you card, the front cover and the inside cover. And I said and I emailed them all individual thank you cards, took a picture and emailed it to them. Because I wasn't comfortable at the time going through the mail process. So I just did it that way. And they seem to have appreciated me doing that because guess what? A lot of people don't do that. You know, you, you want to do something people still appreciate. And that's where I think uh, some of the younger generation might miss it. People still appreciate some of the old school gestures. A thank you card. People still appreciate say, Hey, you know what? This person took the time to sit down and write and show their appreciation. They didn't just shoot an email over. They took, they sat down and took some time to write this, right? That still matters. You want to follow up in about a week or two weeks, whichever one you're you're, um, you know, comfortable with. And what this shows the company is that, hey, this person is interested. They may have they may or may not have made their decision yet. And if they're in a position where they haven't made their decision and you're the only one that reached back out to them, they're not going to say, hey, this guy really wants the job. So maybe we need to tip the tail of uh, the scale towards him. OK, what if you don't get the job? I'm going to put it like this simply learn from it. What could you learn from that? Call the people who you interview with and ask them what things you can improve on. This is one thing I wish I did a little more earlier in my interview career. <laughs> I guess you want to call it a career. I, you know, out of the, after the military, you know, you, you know, you learn to interview and, uh, you know, I've, I've done quite a few, but, uh, this is, um, you know, you call them up and ask them like, Hey, what, what could I have done to improve? You know, you have nothing to lose in this scenario. If they say they don't want to give you that, then, hey, they don't want to give you that. But at least you ask for that. Right. View it as a learning experience. This could allow you to back bounce back sooner. You know, um, you can bounce back sooner than if you saw it as rejection. Right. So view it as a learning experience and not rejection, because rejection is going to make you feel like you weren't good enough. And that's not the case. You know, you were good enough. It's just that the scenario didn't work out for you okay so don't see it as a rejection per se just kind of see it okay you know what i learned from that and then go land the next one go land the next one okay um some things to um some things to think about post interview if you didn't get the job is you know maybe there was a couple people in that in that interview that wanted to hire you and but the person overseeing the interview said, we can't, we can't hire this person at this or that, you know. So it doesn't always mean that everybody in that interview didn't want to hire you. That's another thing. Um, and like I said in the beginning, even though you do well at the interview, doesn't mean that you're going to land a job. You're not always going to land a job just because you do well in the interview. But you have to think about it this way. One of those people or persons however you should say that in that interview may go on to work with or for another company and they may remember you and they may see your resume again and they may hire you from there. So that's kind of how you start to build up your network, right? 
So just keep that's just keep that in mind. Um, and if you're unwell, like I said, it's, it's a good thing, but it doesn't always mean you're going to you're going to land a job. Um, and there's there's many factors to that. But proper pe- prep, proper prep is key. OK, so make sure uh, you prepare properly, but don't over prepare. So here it is. Here are my secrets to reassure you and help you feel more comfortable on the interview or leading up to it. If you got an interview, secret number one, here we go. I should have put like some kind of crazy music in there. Secret number one, they were interested in you. If they interview you, newsflash, they were interested in you. Huge confidence booster. They want you. You are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. And you should confidently know that. So they're interested. So the fact that they brought you an interview, too many people think that you're brought into a room just because, hey, they got to meet some numbers or they have to interview 10 people and they're going to give this person a job anyway. No, usually if they are, even if they have somebody selected in mind, they want to interview people who have you know certain things on a resume because guess what they might not hire you for this job but they might hire you for another one okay so they were interested in you for something it might not even have been this but they might be thinking down the road so go in there like you're gonna get the interview you know a famous story in the nfl is um uh the steelers head coach mike tomlin it was well known, apparently, that he was not the guy for the job. They were interviewing him to meet, of course, their owner's own namesake rule, the Rooney rule. Which means that they have to hire uh, or interview minority candidate. Apparently, he wasn't the guy for the job. But Tomlin has been there now for like 10 years. And he's got two Super Bowls and they started the season 11 and 0, I think, this year. He's still there, still doing it. But guess what? You think Tomlin went in there saying, I'm not going to get this job? No, Tomlin went in there saying, hey, look, they might not be interested in me the most, but I'm going to go in here and do it like I normally do it. And he did it and he got the job. So shout out to him for that. Shout out to Mike Tomlin for getting that job. Be confident knowing that you can do the job. Usually you apply for a job because you feel like you can do it. You probably know more about the job than the people interviewing you. Depending on how they set up the interview. They don't always have supervisors in the interview. Because sometimes they don't even care about that. Sometimes they just need the HR person to kind of vet your character. You understand that. That's another thing I, I think I missed a point, forgot to point out. Usually, when they bring you in for that interview, they know you can do the job. They know you can do the job. It's not a question of if you can do the job. It's more of a question of, can you fit into our team? Can you fit into our program? And I think this is where sometimes, you know, some of our military friends, sometimes we struggle with this because the military sometimes, depending on where your station can be really high strung and you can be in an interview and you can be very direct because that's how you've been doing it for so many years and you haven't had enough training to kind of dial that back a little bit. And it can and sometimes it can come off, um, um, you know, not as great, but you have to you have to, um, you know, you have to be you do have to be confident when you're when you're doing these interviews um, because you have to know that you can do the job and you know that you're going to apply for that and you know you can do the job. Um, kind of lost my point in the middle of that. Um, but the, the overall point is, you know, you um, you can do the job. So you have to be confident in knowing that. Um, but they, they know you can do the job just by seeing your resume. They just want to see if you're a good fit character. That's what that's where I was going with that. Your, your character. OK, they want to see what kind of character you have. So the person that your supervisor may not be in the interview. You may know more about the job itself than the person that's, that's sitting across from you. Um, and what do you have to lose? That's the third secret. So the second secret is being confident. Third secret is what do you have to lose? 
if you currently have a job and you don't get this job, then at least you get to go back to that job. Maybe you're miserable at that job, but at least you get to go back to that job at least. Okay. Um, and I'm fully aware, you know, some people don't have a job to go back to. Um, but you have to think about it. You know, you were successful in this case, you were successful and now you can take this as a stepping stone. If you're not going back to a job and you can say, Hey, you know what? I learned what I need to do. They might even be willing to give you tips on your resume. And it doesn't matter what kind of job you're doing. It can be custodian. It can be admin. It can be it. It doesn't matter. Ask these people that you're interviewing with, what could you have done better? And like I said before, my last point, I'll reiterate again. Even if you're not looking for a job, even if you're not looking for a job, you know, it's never a bad thing to take on an interview. All right. So that being said, this is Get After It Friday where we talked about interviewing. I hope I was able to give you guys some good points. I hope that after this pandemic, we're able to get out there and get after it and try to learn these jobs that we want to get, right? We just have to practice. You just have to work hard at it. It's not simple, but a little prep can help. So I appreciate you all listening to me listening to me talk about some of my experiences interviewing so again man let's just go out there it's friday we're going into the weekend let's go let's get ready to get after it